Hi, my name is Emma Miller. You're listening to Friarside Chats, where every episode I sit down with Father Michael Martin to bring humor and a Franciscan perspective to the exciting, puzzling, and even ordinary parts of life. Good morning, Father Mike. Great to be with you again, Emma. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's a it's a hectic Tuesday morning. I took my car into the shop this morning unexpectedly. Because, because you didn't have to go where? Jury duty! Yes, way to go. Way to go. <laughs> yes, got off jury duty. I'm right. so excited. Yeah. All the plans that I had made are still, still intact. Still intact. So here we are today. Yes. Podcasting away. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so today I want to dive into part two of our series on relationships. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yes. Um, I think our listeners are very much looking forward to this too because we're going to talk about romantic relationships to yeah. start things off. I did get some good feedback from our first episode, so I'm hopeful that uh, we can live up to the hype for our second. Yeah. <laughs> so just on, on, a, on a little bit of a lighter note, how long has it been since your last romantic relationship? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just cut right to the chase, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I would have to say that's been quite a while. Um, Jane yeah. Brown, <laughs> an old an old girlfriend of mine, Jane Brown. God bless her. Yeah, that, that would probably be a while back. But no, yeah, you know, it's. I think it's um, when I I think back to those days and think of how wonderful it was and how challenging it was all at the same time. I I get a little sense of um, just what our students are going through and how how that can be a uh, uh, just a, a, an exciting and terrible time all at the same time, right? You know, <laughs> so yeah. But uh, I, I think it's a, it's a kind of a, uh, a fun time too. Just in the, in the sense of you never know um, what's coming next. And these, mm-hmm. you know, my dating days were before Match. dot com and all the, <laughs> the dating <laughs> sites. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Have you uh, had any experience with the sort of the that side of the dating world? Has that been anything you've been able to utilize at all or no? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little embarrassed to say. Do it. I went on one and only one Tinder date. Okay. Um, It was just horrible. It was horrible. It was so bad. Was it bad? I mean, you, you think the technology was flawed or just it ended up just not being a good fit? Well, to be honest, I, I first of all, just didn't trust that, um, that people were using it in the same way that I was using it to like uh, actually sure. find like a, a relationship. Um, but it was also the date was just super dull. He was, right. um, he did not know how to have conversation. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> that makes for a long And day. I had high hopes. Right. He was, he was British. So he mm-hmm. had, you know, that beautiful Short accent, accent, but right? he never spoke. So I <laughs> didn't get the benefit. <laughs> but isn't that true? You know, that a lot of times in relationships, it's, uh, you know, our, the biggest question is, is the other person there for the same reasons that I am, Yeah. you know, and, mm-hmm. and trying to figure that out, I think is, um, is a hard question. But the other, I think more difficult question is what am I really looking for in relationships? And I, I, I'm not sure that enough people ask that question mm-hmm. or really know what the real answer is. You know, am I, am I, am I looking to fill a void or am I looking to offer the love that I feel in my heart to someone else? And I, I think that distinction, distinction, mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I mean, yeah, I do. I do think um, you you talk about people don't think enough 
about what they're looking for. And I think back to like, oh my gosh, my early days of thinking about dating boys. And I did have like a checklist or like deal breaker kind of things, but they were all so silly. Sure. They're so silly. Not any of the things that I would like would be on my list now. Right. Yeah. And without divulging your list of uh, deal breakers, uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, you, what you're looking for in a relationship, I, I just think... Um, we probably have some unsaid deal breakers and, and maybe some ones that we haven't really given a lot of thought to. But I, I just encourage folks who are dating to to give some prayerful thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, what what's really important to me that I I think I really need to have in uh, in a serious relationship that I'm going to be in, or that I really feels important for me to give. Mm-hmm. You know that. That, that I, I would hope that this other person would be open to accepting, you know, about me that's important to me. You know, what are those things? And you're right. There's the, the superficial list, but uh, I would hope that there'd be some greater, some greater depth about that. And I do think that uh, kind of a, a prayerful reflection around that topic, I, I, I think, just to bring the Lord in and say, Lord, who am I? What am I looking for? What's, what's really at the heart of my desire in in dating and mm-hmm. who's going to be the person that's really going to be a great a great fit for those things that I, that are really really important to me you know yeah i do i um i think your point about trying to fill a void is uh it's so true i've i found there are times in the past where i have uh sought out relationships yeah to to fill a void of like you know i didn't feel kind of completely loved or whatever. Um, and I know it's like super trite. People say it like, oh, when you're not looking for it, that's when it'll come. But but that's so true because once you're happy with who you are and yourself and you're like, okay, I don't need this, that's when you can find you can find the real deal. You're not searching out something to fill an emptiness. Right. No, I mean, forced relationships are never... Nope. You know, and they're, and they're not fun to begin with and, and they're never long-lasting. I, I think the other uh, issue is to, to realize that um, what I deeply yearn for yeah. in my heart of hearts, probably there's not another person on the planet that can satisfy that. You know, I have so many good friends of mine that, you know, are, are in wonderful married relationships. I mean, these are just really great, great people. Mm-hmm. And they They'll they'll still sit there and say I still need X yeah. you know whatever that is you know so uh, I think going in eyes wide open saying Absolutely. I want to love you with all my heart knowing that I can't satisfy you the way you need to be satisfied and nor you me mm-hmm. so where's that leave us mm-hmm. you know and what's then the thing that we're really looking for in life and certainly for us I mean we realize that that's Christ and. Imagine not being able to share that in a relationship. Yeah. I, I think that's a tough issue for a lot of folks out there, you know? It is. It, um, yeah, that's one I definitely hear uh, students uh, asking questions about how to, you know, what's an appropriate level of, like, is this person committed in their in their faith enough to, like, dive deeper into a relationship? Or how do you bring Jesus into a relationship that you already have going? Um, especially sharing in prayer as a couple is... I feel like kind of hard to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any helpful tips actually on that for? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, uh, a, a real challenge. And, and number one, I would say we can't, whether it be in our spiritual lives or in any other dimension of the relationship, 
we're, we're never going to be exactly on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. do you love your, you know, this other person? Do you love them enough to love them where they are and not constantly judge them for what they're not? Yeah. You know, like, why isn't she... Uh, prayerful enough or why isn't she this or that you know mm-hmm. how about you know the that's one of the things I love about Jesus in the gospel is you know he constantly looks on the people that he encounters with love you know that hey look I know I know who you are I know what what your dynamic is I know where you are and I love you in that however his love always calls people to something greater than yeah. that and I think that's that's the thing if, if you start with judgment the other person picks up on that instantaneously yeah. and you can't start there you got to start with uh, with mercy you got to start with a a compassionate love that's uh, that loves them as Christ does mm-hmm. you know and see where God takes it from there you know so but I but I you know you asked for a practical tip I think that's very practical you know and, and the more that that couples communicate that to each other mm-hmm. the more the other is receiving this genuine non-judgmental love and wondering where's that coming from? How do you get that? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you where I get that. You know, let me let me tell you about someone who's loved me unconditionally, and the conversation go, you know can go from there. Uh, that's that's just the way I see it. I don't know. Yeah, I um, what you're saying about judgment really hits home for me as I think about our next uh, type of relationship, which I think is. It's really interesting to me. I've been thinking and praying so much about this lately, but enemies, we don't think of ourselves as in relationships with enemies, but that is a profound one that we deal with on a daily basis, especially in this, uh, you know, current climate in the United States and everything. Everyone's thinking about who they're, we might not call them enemies, but who the opposition is, you know? Right. Um, How do you identify enemies in your life? Yeah, I, um, I, I think that that's a, a hard one to admit, you mm-hmm. know, that I do have enemies. And oftentimes it's as subtle as in the moment, you know, when someone who I love or care for very deeply is doing something that I don't agree with or that I wish they would do it a different way. You know, there's that, I mean, it's a continuum, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's something that's inimical to me, right, in, in that moment. And so I'm I'm a little bit against you yeah. in that moment. And that could be a coworker, that can be a spouse, that can be a you know, a significant other, that can be a roommate, whatever. And, and so there's that end of the the scale of enemy. And then there's the, you know, the total, you know, all in enemy that I want your, you know, I want your death. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 level of enemy, you know, and and so um, we're in relationship with all of them. Yeah. Just the, the issue is what's, you know, what does that relationship look like? What mm-hmm. characterizes it? And, and I think we've got to use a sharp eye to see uh, where we fall into that, you know, that we're not immune to that. And that what's deeper, you know, oftentimes we're using a unit of measure that is so superficial a unit of measure that's really selfish, mm-hmm. you know, at, at its core, uh, and and that's what drives uh, our our perspective on our enemies. You know, is there really someone on this planet that is not just like me? Hmm. I, you know, I think everyone on the planet is just like me in the same. You know, 
made in the image and likeness of God? What makes them different from me at mm-hmm. their very core? Yeah. I don't care where they're from. I don't care their race, religion, what decisions national, they've what made. Decisions they've made. Mm-hmm. They, you know, that's me. That's me. And, and to see the unity of humanity, uh, not in just some, you know, pie in the sky, Pollyanna, oh, we're all brothers and sisters. No, but in truth, that... Um, that links me to my worst enemy mm-hmm. and says there's a connection between us that I've got to I've got to cultivate it's on me yeah if I constantly wait for you we will remain enemies mm-hmm. you know I've got I've got to be the one initiating how can I see uh, these people that do things that I abhor yeah how can I see them as linked to me as related to me as like me mm-hmm. and um and that to me is the that's the greatest greatest challenge i think yeah you know it's um it's it's so clear to us you know jesus says it outright in the gospels to love your enemy and to pray for them and I liked in our last podcast how you talked about, you know, how not to pray for your best friend. Oh, fix them. I imagine that it's it's probably the same way when you're praying for your enemies. You're not just praying for God, let them come to to know my side, to know whatever, quote unquote, we think the truth is. So how do you how do you pray for your enemies? Well, yeah, I, I try and focus on commonalities. Yeah. You know, um, especially with with people that I'm in, you know, so many of my quote unquote enemies, I'm not near, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, and so uh, I have to think a little bit about them and pray about what their life is like and what they're going through and how they see the world. And so the ways in which I pray for them is to begin to try and understand their reality as hard as that can be, because certainly the world is filled with people that even though they're like me, they're very different from me. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine what their life is like on, on many levels. Sure. But on a visceral level, I think I can. Mm-hmm. I think I can. And so if I can connect there in prayer with the people that I misunderstand or don't get or feel threatened by the most, uh, I think that that brings a healing and brings a connection that's the foundation for getting beyond titles like enemy mm-hmm. you know hmm. that's interesting that praying for your enemy is is a lot about praying for your own understanding of who who they who are, they are. Yeah. Right. yeah that's really powerful so of course we can't talk about relationships without talking about our ultimate relationship ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you've been talking about how none of these even our deepest romantic and familial relationships still can't fully satisfy us that there's only one relationship that can do that and that's our relationship with with Christ I guess you know we talk about relationship with Jesus often um, and how how you engage that in prayer but I know so many students and I've I've been here myself at times where we go to prayer and we're trying to have conversation and build a relationship and it feels like you're talking to a blank wall Um, or you're talking to yourself or you're talking to yourself So how, how um, what might students need to hear who feel as if their relationship is very one-sided? Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel that myself at times. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, you know, I, I would hope that any of our listeners wouldn't uh, automatically 
think that you know that that dynamic necessarily goes away we're, we're talking about a relationship in faith mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's always a leap it will always be a leap always and and get comfortable with the discomfort of it always being a leap in faith and there's something beautiful about that mm-hmm. and let's not try and make it so obvious that gosh anybody can have this love relationship with Christ because it's so easy and not that God makes it hard for the sake of making it hard uh, I, I would su- suggest that um, what has been beneficial for me is praying the scriptures. Yeah. That whole concept of what's talked about a lot is Lexio Divina, you know, where you, you fancy it, you know, Latin phrase for how we use the scriptures uh, in prayer. Real short, you know, simple component of that is put yourself in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the scripture. Um, Today's uh, reading I was praying over this morning was uh, Jesus uh, heals the daughter of Jairus. She's oh, a, yeah. a he's, Jairus is a, a synagogue official. And um, I just ima- tried to visualize the room where his daughter gets healed and, and what, what was going on. And in that same passage, at the beginning of it, um, they tell, uh, Jairus tells Jesus that his daughter's dying and, and they say, okay, let's go to your house. And on the way, someone touches Jesus mm-hmm. in the crowd and Jesus whips around and says, who touched me? Well, who, of course, imagine. And the, the, the thought for me was just imagining myself being the one who wanted to touch Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the more I put myself into the scripture, the more I heard God's voice, the more I saw Jesus spinning around looking at me. Mm-hmm. looking at me, wanting for the encounter to be personal. And so in that prayerful mm-hmm. moment, there was a personal encounter. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? You know, so I, I think the scriptures speak. They're screaming. They're screaming to us. Yeah. Uh, if we use them as they're meant to be the living word of God that is speaking to us now, not just something that was written 2,000 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Nope. That's what I was going to say has been um, the most profound for for my relationship with with Jesus, especially as I read the Gospels. And, you know, you see the way he he acted on a daily basis, the way he treated people, the way he loved people and interacted. It is um, you put yourself in the place of any of those actors um, or people in the scripture and it hits you like a hammer sometimes right, right. Um, but really it's the key to it's the key to romantic relationships it's the key to friendships mm-hmm. it's the key to how I treat my enemies you know it's the key to how I treat my family yeah. you know this this central relationship is at the heart mm-hmm. of all the rest you yeah. know and so cultivating this one while I'm enjoying all these other ones and seeing God's love by the way my mom loves me mm-hmm. by the way my you know my girlfriend loves me by the way that my best friends love me and by the way in which maybe that person I thought was an enemy is trying to love me yeah. if I would just take the blinders off a little bit <laughs> you know absolutely awesome so um, hope you guys have gotten some great ideas in this podcast about maybe how you can take one of these relationships to the next level. If you ever have any questions or comments about anything we discussed, feel free to email them to us at any time. Um, We're glad that you joined us for this episode of Friarside Chats, and we can't wait uh, 
to share more with you on our next one. Absolutely. And for more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Friarside Chats is sponsored by many generous donors, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke, just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any of the ministries of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. Thanks so much. See you next time on Friarside Chats. God bless. Mm-hmm.